As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Nailer Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, as the title suggests, I did something crazy. And I'm recording this podcast fresh off of that crazy decision, um, a, a fateful meeting that I created, basically. Um, and I just wanted to get it all out here while it's all fresh in my mind. These are things... Some of the stuff I'm going to talk about here, uh, this is probably going to be a two-part episode to focus on two specific things, but part part of it is things that I thought about for a while and, you know, I had suspicions I had, I guess, and uh, I, I'm a very intuitive person. Uh, I'm really good um, at, at reading things, you know, like my feelings, other people's feelings, behaviors, things like that. It doesn't mean I always get it right, for sure, but I'm a very intuitive person, Um by nature, I, I, I feel, and just something always didn't sit well with me. Uh, those of you that have been following along, you know, on the podcast, the YouTube channel, Instagram, um, if this is your first time listening, then just a little update last summer, uh, the, well, actually last, I shared it over the summer, but last spring, almost a year to the date of this recording, I was going into the spring season with what I thought at the time was the A team and ready to just, just just get after it, just kill the game. You know, we were still in, you know, mid kind of like the middle of the COVID pandemic and things were not as restricted and locked down as they were the first half of it. Um, and there was a lot of people that were still home, still working from home, even as things, even as things started opening up. A lot of employers just continue to allow the working from home thing because they're like, hey, this isn't so bad. Like, ultimately, we could just save rent by not even having an actual office location or whatever. If we don't need it to meet with people or whatever, we can just have everyone work virtually or certain amount of people or, or things like that. So there was there's still a lot of people working from home and ultimately outdoor spaces just exploded. Right. I mean, those of you that know, you know. Um, 2020 was, or I'm sorry, 2021 was a huge growth year for any outdoor industries, outdoor services, whether it's getting your, getting pools, uh, fixed or installed, you know, all, all kinds of hardscaping, getting patios, myself included, my wife and I got a patio installed, I think maybe the beginning of 2021 or end of 2020, something like that, because we couldn't go on any of the vacations we had planned, right? Cause everything was locked down because of the, the pandemic, uh, COVID-19 and, we figure, well, let's reinvest our money into something that we've always wanted. You know, we've always wanted a patio in our backyard. You know, we just had the standard little fire pit, you know, out in the back. I uh, put down like some gravel, made like a nice spot um, and, and put a fire, a little port, you know, little thing you get a Home Depot or Lowe's, you know, nothing fancy fire pit. Actually, it was a gift. It was a housewarming gift by by a friend of ours, which was was really exciting to have a housewarming gift as a fire pit. So, but, you know, we got our little chairs, you know, not, nothing fancy, we, you know, we but we did whatever we had to do for the first several years that we were living there just so that we could enjoy some outdoor 
our, our backyard, our outdoor spaces, you know, our, so we can view our waterfront property. Right, Paul? A uh, <clears throat> little inside joke there. But um, we always wanted a patio. And so we decided to put our reinvest our vacation money that we couldn't spend into getting a patio. And a lot of folks did that. And a lot of folks, because they're working from home every day, were just looking at their home every day, right? <laughs> so they were... Uh, so all the service industries really exploded, you know, uh, house housekeeping, you know, getting your house cleaned and, and maintained that it had exploded as well, because people, even though they were home every day, that doesn't mean they had more time to clean their house. What they had more time was to look at how unclean their house was and how much they wanted it to be clean. And, and so they could kind of turn a blind eye to it when they were gone all day. And they just come home for, you know, the, the evening, you know, do a little bit of cleanup here and there and have their dinner and watch TV and go to bed. Or, or maybe they have a lot of after work and school activities. So they're not even home as much, maybe normally. But now that everyone's home, they see all this and they're just like, oh, man, the same thing with their outdoor spaces. They see their, you know, they need their, their mulch beds are full of weeds. You know, they got dead flowers and plants and bushes or they need to be trimmed and. Maybe there's a bad spot in the yard that they they can't get grass to grow for nothing. So they figure maybe it'd be, it'd be nice to have a mulch bed there and some plants and bushes and that'd be cute, you know, or get a nice little crepe myrtle or something or, you know, cherry maple tree or something. Just, you know, whatever, like all these thoughts start popping, started popping up in people's heads while they're just at home every day working, looking out their window, looking at their house. So our industry exploded and I, I like everyone, like so many others, Got a lot of calls and emails, um, more than normal. The spring rush was like a spring explosion uh, of work. And I was excited because I'm like, great, this is my time to to grow my company a little bit faster. Not that I was trying to rush, but, you know, in all in all fairness, you know, my, my, my wife um, got let go because of COVID, Just like so many other people, so many other employers had to let their employees go because if you're not be able to, if you're in the office and your job is your role is to be in the office a lot, then there's no more going to the office. So how can you afford to have that person on payroll and a lot of companies downsize, things like that. So that, that was kind of also the story there with, with a lot of folks. So that put more of a burden on me to really make sure that I continue the growth of my company so that I can pick up the financial weight. So it's, it's not, you know, two, it's not dual incomes anymore. It's, you know, my wife had part-time things going. She's always had side hustles, which is which is fun and part of our backstory of entrepreneurship. Uh, she was an entrepreneur before I was. Um, <laughs> quick diversion there. You know, she had a, a baking, a cake business. She made cakes, like custom cakes for birthday parties and weddings and celebrations. She just started getting into weddings before she um, stopped doing it. But that's that's a whole other entity, all another game all in itself. But she did lots of parties. Um, and made custom cakes and she did cake pops and she was great at it. She has a very creative artistic mind. Um, and she, she as well as, um, numbers and bookkeeping and math, which is kind of one of those things. It's hard to find someone that has those two things combined. It's two different parts of your brain, right? That's what we've always been taught left side and right side. One does is all math and science. And the other one is all artsy and creative and all that. And it's hard to, which, which, you know, baking and, creating things and doing art that's that's that whole one side of the mind the brain and then there's the whole uh, math part and bookkeeping and accounting which is what and math and science which is also what my wife is really good at so she's a good blend of the two really uh, um, a real diamond in the rough there so anyway she had did really good with it with her cake business so she that was our first entrepreneurial endeavor there and um, anyway She's always been good at having side hustles is the point there. I don't want to go that any, any more rabbit holes in that direction. Um, so, you know, she had some stuff with that, not now with the cakes, but other side hustles, part-time things, but we didn't have two full-time incomes. It was just basically my full-time income. So I, I wanted, and I've always been growing my business organically year after year, keeping it manageable. I, I break it down into five-year goals, five-year five-year goals, and I come up with plans to achieve the, those goals. I achieved my first five-year goals, which was to start hiring employees and build a crew. My second five-year goal, which I'm in that five years now, I'm in going into year eight, uh, halfway through there, is to get to my second crew. Um, but, you know, as a lot of you know, 
another byproduct, a downfall of this whole pandemic is we went from a lot of people being laid off and everybody looking for work. You know, I got tons of people wanting to work for me, but none of them had experience or or even seemed like they would, in my mind and opinion, have the temperament and the the whatever to be able to to even work in this environment. Like tons of restaurant, you know, people working in restaurants and and places that that all had to get laid off because they had to shut down. All of those people were applying, and of course, they have the typical. Oh, I've always worked, you know. I've always worked in my own lawn or I've always liked doing lawn care and, you know, all that kind of help my mom in the garden. It's like, you know, that's great, but that's totally different than day in and day out in 90 to 100 degree weather, mowing, trimming, edging, blowing, you're sweating buckets, like, you know, shoveling mulch, trimming bushes, like all that stuff is a lot more than just helping mom in the garden, you know, or helping dad around the house or you know, that's, that's, that's just the beginnings right there. So I, I never really wanted to diverge into like, Oh, let me hire a bunch of those people and train them from scratch and go from there. Like I had two really good people at the time that uh, were experienced, you know, one uh, became really experienced from working with me and the other one already was experienced in the industry for, you know, over two decades and, and, and uh, had that maturity of, you know, being an, an, an adult um, and that's who I was looking for, what I was looking for. So I, I had a good blend of, you know, someone younger and someone older and, you know, everyone complimented each other at the time and, and we were doing really good. So, but then it went from all these people looking for work to all some people not wanting to work. And what I've heard a lot recently on, on the news or whatever, social media, the great resignation, even some of my um, my customers have used that term before because their businesses are struggling looking for six figure executives. So it's not, it's not just like, Oh, well, who, who wants to, you know, get paid 10 bucks an hour to sweat their ass off all day, every day, you know, trimming, trimming yards for you or, you know, like all the hateful type stuff and the cynical things. Like it, it's, it's more than just that. It's everybody It's like this whole big, the next epidemic of people not wanting to work. So we went from one, one dynamic to the other, um, but I, I had, you know, good people and, um, at, at, you know, a year ago at that time. And like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get to the second crew part, but that whole dynamic shifted part of, you know, me trying to get to that goal because now all of a sudden my one crew is starting to become unstable. Not only could I not find people now last year to get, start a second crew, you know, basically one guy with me while the other guys are doing their thing. I, I started to, you know, started to get shaky with the crew that I had. So things just really kind of started falling apart. For those of you that, again, didn't have never heard this, that story, um, could definitely go take a look in the archives of the LCR media podcast. And, you know, you can go in the search if you want, if you don't want to scroll through lots of great episodes, but if you want, just want to search, search anything about employees or labor or anything like any of those keywords should pop up all the episodes that I've, I've interviewed other folks in our industry and talked about their strengths and weaknesses, their struggles, their triumphs, um, from, you know, full, you know, like a whole bunch of full-time guys to a couple of part-time guys, you know, like multiple crews or going back down to solo and not having any employees, like all those kind of dynamics. I talked to several folks such as Mitchell Modell, B&B Long, I mean, Mitchell Modell. Wow. Woo. That was really a Freudian slip there. That's a, <laughs> A throwback from an old retail company that I used to work for. Um, Mitchell's Lawn Care. Sorry, Mitchell Gordy there. Trooper Gordy down North Carolina. So there's a, a, an episode with him talking about he went from crew, a crew down to sol, Solo and talked to Caleb Allman with Allman Landscape. Talked to B&B Lawn Care about his his uh, crew and everything. So And then I also talked about my whole story and really went into depth of about what I'm talking about now, the whole backstory of this. So I'm not going to go into all that now. But basically is a summary so far of everything that kind of I've been dealing with last year and it kind of all snowballed to where we're at now a year later. And basically the wheels started falling off of my business because I lost one of my, one of my two good employees. And, um, you know, I don't like to say anything about anyone, especially, you know, publicly like that, no names, obviously privacy, all that. But I will say that the person that I lost, I, I definitely, you know, made a YouTube video about, you know, not, I didn't say their name or anything, but about how happy and uh, excited I was 
and grateful to have them on my team because for once I had someone super reliable, showed up early, you know, every day, knew what they were doing, got the job done, had a positive attitude, great to have conversations with uh, an older, you know, he's like in his 50s, early 50s, um, very mature, a lot of experience. And it was just great to be able to have someone on my team like that, that I could rely on versus in the, you know, up to that point, I had a lot of college and high school kids working for me because that was all I could seem to find during those time frames, unfortunately, that, that that fit my criteria, like versus finding some of the older folks that had all these bad habits and worked for all these companies and wanted to do things their way. And sometimes that's more more difficult than finding someone without experience or a little bit of experience. And you can kind of mold them and train them and guide them to the way that, you know, fits your needs and your your company and all that. So that was kind of the way that I was going also. Um, but, you know, this gentleman had all had 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 the right things he had all the experience and the positive attitude and you know over the over the nine eight eight or eight or nine months that we worked together you know he really was a good a, a huge asset to my team um so when i lost him i was devastated and i had made a whole episode about that over the summer last year it, it really rattled me th- the way it all handled um uh, the, the way it was all handled um you know li- literally we stopped for lunch and he just he just said, he, you know, this wasn't going to work. He, he literally said, this isn't going to work out and just left and didn't give me any, any explanation. I, I said, is everything okay? Are you all right? Or something like that. And he was like, yeah, I'm good. And just grabbed his bag out the back seat and just started walking across the parking lot of the gas station that we were at and just left and just completely rattled me. I had never experienced anything like that. It was very personal because, you know, other than my, you know, my, um, Unlike my, that's the word, unlike my retail management days where, you know, we would joke about people that just randomly would, would go on break and not come back or whatever, you know, like in, in the heat of the moment, it was stressful because we'd have like a line at the registers and, you know, Bobby was supposed to be one of the cashiers and where's Bobby? I don't know. He went on break and never came back and we're like, oh my gosh. So we just, you know, gr- grind it out, get the lines down or whatever. And then we all laugh it off later on that day or that night or the next day. Like what the heck ever happened to Bobby? He just never showed up. He's like, forget this place. Like, you know, it was, it was stressful in the moment, but it never seemed personal to me. Like it it definitely stank. If I had to be on register and I'm running around and people are calling me, I need a manager. I need a manager. And I'm stuck on register trying to get these lines down and customers complain that we don't have enough cashiers. Like, but that was like a, a moment and and it's over, you know, and then, okay, we just redo this, you know, I guess Bobby just quit. Okay, whatever. Let's redo the schedule. Let's get his shifts covered. And we adjust and pivot. There's always plenty of people, or if not, we just look for hiring some more. There's always plenty of applications when you, when you work for these big retailers. So part of being smaller, you know, only a couple of guys and I'm the, you know, owner operator. I'm there in the truck with these guys day in and day out talking about our friends and family and our lives and goals and laughing and crying and having a good old time. Like it becomes so much more personal. You become more connected to these people. And when they leave, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it hurts more than when you're working for a big retail company where it's like, okay, I mean, a lot of these people just end up being, you know, just another, another employee there. And it's not as meaningful sometimes, unless they've been there for a while, obviously, and you, you know, establish relationships with them and maybe their supervisors, all that kind of stuff. But it was just super personal and super hard for me to have that situation. And, and I know, you know, over, over the, over that, over the last year, I've heard plenty of stories that of that kind of thing. Uh, that's happened to other people, you know, like a peer of mine locally, however many months after that had an employee, like a, a, a driver or crew leader or whatever. I don't remember what his role was, but he wasn't just like some, you know, part-time person that was just kind of filling, filling the role um, in, in the crew. He was someone that had his own business cell phone and things like that. And he just, in the middle of a job that they were at, like a landscape job or whatever they were doing, he just reset his phone left it in the truck, had his girlfriend pick him up and just left, you know, left the other guys there with no explanation. And, you know, they, they just told the owner, like, I don't know, I mean, he just left his girlfriend picked up. He just left. And you know, that, that rattled the owner. He was like, what the heck? Like so-and-so was such a, you know, was such a good guy. Like, you know, he was an asset. I don't understand. This is unlike him. And 
you know, he tried to call him on his, on his personal phone. He wouldn't answer. He went to his house. Like, is he, is everything okay? Is he all right? And he wasn't there. And his girlfriend was like, he's not there, whatever. Like, so he never got any kind of closure from that. But so I, I know that that stuff happens, unfortunately, but it, it's still rough to go through it. So, and that was my first experience. And ultimately I couldn't help but think to myself, you know, from that day on, what did I do wrong or what happened? You know, and I thought to myself, man, I really can't imagine that I personally did anything wrong, but I really tried to think about some things. What could have gone wrong? What, you know, the, in the environment, this or that, like pay, whatever, like it just seems so sudden and uncharacteristic. And, and I just really thought it through and, 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 but I never really had any answers. I, there was no closure. He didn't give me any explanation. And I texted him, you know, shortly after that, um, just, you know, some, some long lines of, you know, um, I'm, I'm sorry for whatever happened. I, please, please let me know if I, if I, or we offended you in any way. Um, I, you know, I really would like to know what it was so that I can correct it and not let this happen in the future for anyone else, you know, basically just apologizing because I just assumed for him to leave like that after eight good months of, a great relationship working and, you know, being friends at work, you know, like just really enjoying working with each other. That's, that's, that's the thing that maybe we don't understand whether you're in the truck with these guys or the, you know, you have a crew leader in the truck with these guys. Everybody has to gel. Everybody has to feel like it's a good working environment. If you've got someone that's, that's just, uh, being like a, um, a thorn in everyone's side or whatever, someone just bringing the team down. They're just being like, not a, a positive person. They're just, just a, a ne- whatever, you know, that that's going to mess everything up and you're going to end up losing people. You, obviously your work performance quality is going to go down. Like we just have to understand that these people sit in the truck with each other all day, every day in, in most cases, and they have to be able to at least get along. They don't all have to be friends and go out for drinks after or anything like that, but they have to at least be able to get along while they're at work, be respectful. Everyone pulls their own weight. And that's always a challenge. I get it. Even in retail management, you know, building teams, putting teams together to get this accomplished and that accomplished. There was always weakest. There was always weak links and things like that for sure. And then people would bring it to my attention if I didn't already know, like if I wasn't really, you know, hands-on with that team, Um, you know, and I would have to address it and maybe make changes accordingly because otherwise it's going to affect the entire team. Your team is only as good as it's, as the weakest link. How can you save more time and make more money in your lawn care business? Easy by becoming more efficient. So how do you create more efficiency? Well, it starts with building a profitable service area and then being able to pre-qualify your leads based on that area. Creating efficiency for your business is why my service area was built. My Service Area is a simple website tool that will filter out unprofitable inquiries based on their address from the map you designed in My Service Area. So what does this mean for you? No more wasting time responding to website inquiries that wouldn't be profitable. Instead, you'll be saving time, running dense routes, and making more money. Think of My Service Area as your website secretary. Except we don't eat, drink, sleep, or call in sick. We run 24-7 filtering out unprofitable leads for your business. My service area is so simple, yet so valuable. And the best part? You can get started for free. Just visit MyServiceArea.com now and create your free account today. This is Jacob Godart with Scooters Lawn Care. And if you're listening to LCR because you care about growing your business, I want to tell you the secret sauce that helped me scale my business past $2.3 million in top line revenue in 2021. We worked with Lightspeed Social Agency to focus on the best possible neighborhoods in our service areas. Working with them is so easy and everything they create is high quality. The team monitors results and sends regular updates to our dashboard. There's a link in the description of this episode to a case study of what Lightspeed has done for our business. Toro's brand new battery-powered Revolution Series products are changing the lawn care industry. With all-day runtime from the innovative Hypercell battery system, you can expect to power through your entire day every day. Head to revolution.toro.com to see how Toro is transforming the game with the latest equipment innovations. Or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast.
So you need to always look for that weak link. You have to constantly be reevaluating, checking, having conversations with your team, you know, maybe jumping in with the team to see, you know, how things are going, get some work done with them. And, and you have to always make sure that you have a strong team and every link is as strong as it can be. There's always going to be stronger links. There's going to be the leaders in, in, in the group, in the team, right? Um, but you, you, you can't have weak links because that's going to bring everybody down and the chain's going to break and things are going to start falling apart. You know, it's going to put more tension on the other links, more pressure on the other links to hold strong and keep it together. So that's something that I really... I didn't catch soon enough uh, because the crazy thing that I did was I thank you, Jesus, man. Holy cow. I'm almost like emotional at this point. This is which is why I wanted to make this podcast as soon as possible while it's fresh in my mind. But I rehired that employee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That employee that left me high and dry in the parking lot but didn't necessarily burn a bridge, just had some clearly was something, you know, was bothersome enough for him to leave. And I just didn't, especially in those kind of terms, those conditions, and I didn't know what that was. And, you know, I at least wanted some closure, not that he owed me anything, you know, no one owes you anything at, at all. Like that's just how life is. But I really w- w- wanted, I was craving some sort of closure, but really, really what I wanted was him to have never have left or, you know, I'm, I'm a big, big, uh, subscriber in no regrets and everything happens for a reason. So him being back now a year later, so much has changed and I've learned so much and grown so much that it's, it all had to happen that way as painful as it was. Um, but I just kept thinking this whole year, gosh, man, what I would give to have him back. Like why? Like I, I just, everything would have, all of this stuff would have been avoided. Like I could do so much more. I could be so much less stressed if I had him on my team. He was so good. Like what the heck did I do wrong? Like how can I fix this employee after employee Nightmare after nightmare, nothing was ever the same over the last year after he left. And I hired him back today at the time of this recording. Saturday morning, I met him. This is a Saturday. So we met Saturday morning at 8 a.m. I said, when do you want to meet? He said, how about 8 a.m. on Saturday? I said, let's do it. Don't want to be waking up super early on a Saturday morning after a long second week of mowing season. That's for sure. I'd rather sleep in a little bit and hang out with my family. But this was critical. This was game changing. This was level up time. Like I am getting there. Like this was another major checkpoint where I could save the game and progress on Monday to the next part of the level. So I can get to the end so that I can level up. So uh, I'm sorry. So I can get to the, to the end of this, continue to the end of this stage so that I can eventually level up. I'm really getting into this whole video game um, analogies because, you know, I like pretty much everyone I'm sure has played games in their lifetime at some point. So whether Super Mario Brothers or whatever. So I feel like life, not that life is a game, but there are stages. There are checkpoints within those stages. Each stage gets harder and harder to get you to the next level. And then you level up and you get to experience a whole new world of stages that are beautiful, cool, challenging, that you had to do all this stuff prior to even get to that point. So I'm probably going to make a whole episode about that and really dig into that. But that's just kind of something that I've really been utilizing as a way for me to process this stuff in, in my own head. And sometimes, you know, sharing it on social media and little bits and pieces. But so we met and had a good talk. Not only did I get closure and my suspicions were um, affirmed, but he's coming back. Um, this entire time that he's been gone, he's felt bad about how he ha- how he left things. But to his own his own words, you know, he 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 didn't handle it in the most mature way. He should have been more mature about the way he handled it, and it kind of set wrong with him for a while. He didn't, but he didn't really know how to go about it. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to, you know, he, he just didn't know how to handle it, you know, like, and, and, and it was me 
texting him at the right time, the right, the right way with the right things. And it's crazy because I don't know who I just recently said this to. Might've been Paul. I'm not sure. I said this to somebody. I I think (laughs) I'm pretty confident recently that I texted this employee at night, like at eight o'clock at night or whatever, because I I know him. I know all about him. He knows all about me. Uh, I've never met his wife, but I know his wife, you know, he's never met my wife, but he knows my wife. Like, you know, I know about his kids. He knows about my kids. Like we've just never had any family get togethers, which honestly, I'm hoping to have something like that this summer. I really, I've, I've always wanted to have a good crew, a good team that I could just invite them over to my house on a Saturday or a Sunday and just have a good old company barbecue. You know, Paul knows I can grill some mean burgers and chicken and some other stuff and, you know, sausage, whatever I can, I can cook up a mean feast for my crew and my family and they can bring their families and we can just have a great time. (laughs) Waterfront property, right, Paul? Great time. But no, you know, I've got the patio installed now, all that. Like it's, you know, Paul and a bunch of local guys came last summer. I think it was like 12, 15 folks in total. And we had a great time. So I want to do that with my team. Not that, not that I'm saying I want to have 12, 15, 15 people, but with their families, it might, it might end up being that amount. And that would be awesome to just have a nice, you know, uh, afternoon uh, together and just, just getting to know each other some more, strengthening our relationships and our team. And just kind of, especially like a, like a midsummer thing when it's super hot and we're kind of dragging a little bit, give, give everybody a boost. And I've always wanted to do something like that. So I'm really excited to hopefully do something like that this summer. When I only have one employee, it's kind of hard to, to do something like that. It doesn't really have the same effect, but you know, now that I've got two employees back again and potentially going to grow some more, get, try and get back on track um, to get back to my, get to the second crew status. Oh, that's kind of another conversation for another day there. Um, but he, the point is he knew all about my family. I knew all about his family. We've known each other. We've got to know each other. That's why it was so painful for me when he left, especially the way he left. Even if he had said, you know, Hey, I'm going to have to put in my notice or if he waits till the end of the day, at least, or if he, if he, you know, said, I'm going to put in my two weeks or whatever, I would still be sad deeply to lose him. But if it was for a legitimate reason, like, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to do this instead, or this was, this, my passion was this or, or whatever. You know, I know he details cars. That's, that's his thing. That's his side, always been his side hustle. So if he was like, Hey, I'm going to go in, I'll go all in with my detail business and go full time. Hey, awesome, man. Congratulations. Let me know how I can help. I'm definitely not going to hold anyone back. I just want to help people grow just like I've been helped by people to grow over the years. Of course, I'm going to be sad and I'm going to be disappointed that, that I would have lost him. But you know, I, I, I would be more supportive and I mean, I would be supportive and I wouldn't have this uneasy feeling all this time, you know, and and need closure and all that. So, you know, the way that it happened just got me all discombobulated and everything. But, um, so like I said, that's why it was so personal for me. And, but I knew by texting him at night, I had a, I had the, I was intuitive enough that I had the feeling that he would be sitting on the couch watching TV with his wife like he said, he always did, um, after a long day of work and he would see my text and share it with his wife or his wife would see the text too, because that's just, you know, how wives are, right? We, we joke about that stuff. Our wives are very similar. I think that's just a a wife thing. Like, who's that? Who's texting you? What you doing? You know, like it just is what it is, right? They just want to be a part of everything. Um, and that would spark a better conversation than if I were to have just texted him in the morning or in the afternoon and he's doing who knows what I had no idea if he had another job or what was going on. Um, so he might've just seen it and just kind of brushed it off or whatever. I don't know, but I felt like I had the most, the most, um, the most potential to reach him. If I texted him at night, when I knew he'd be sitting next to his wife and there could maybe be some dialogue there, some more thinking involved there, not just him, but his wife maybe weighing in on it too. Um, and go from there. And obviously the specific things that I texted him would hopefully help. And my text was basically, um, I'm, I'm actually read my text. Hold on. So my text said, Hey, it's Naylor. I hope you're doing well. I just wanted to let you know that I, that I let so-and-so go a few months ago 
If you're ever looking for part-time or full-time work, just let me know. You were one of my best employees. I could pay you blank per hour now. Take care. So very short and to the point, but some key things there. Because so basically what I did in that text, in addition to just showing him my genuine appreciation for, for him when he worked for me um, and just trying to just, you know, take care, man. I hope you're doing well type deal. I addressed some key things that were some of my suspicions of why he might have left. Like, was it because of pay? Was it because he wasn't getting enough hours? Was it because of a specific employee at the time? What, you know, what, what could it have been? Those were some of the only things that I could think of. And I addressed all of those in there. So that was at 8, 17 PM, um, you know, several days ago. And he responded the next afternoon at 2.24 p.m. His response was, would love to meet and discuss. I am interested. Holy cow. That is, that was, when I read that text, it just, it, it kind of, it just, it changed my entire day. Like, I just was like, holy cow. Because I didn't, one, I didn't expect to hear back from him. Even though I have the intuition and all this stuff and everything I just said. There's no guarantee, right? Like I said in the very beginning of this episode, there, there's no guarantee that I'm that that my intuition is correct. It's not. It's not always right, but I, I was just hopeful, and I did everything I could to be as successful as possible in that situation with that text and the timing and everything. And I had no idea if he was going to respond. I was just hoping, hoping and praying, honestly, that he would respond. And and he told me this morning that he prayed on it also after he read the text and guess what he was sitting next to his wife on the couch watching tv when he got the text <laughs> and they had a discussion about it man i just tell you when things work out they work out when things happen for a reason they happen for a freaking reason and i just can't tell you like things have immediately started shifting as soon as he, he as soon as i read that text as soon as he responded to that text and then we started having a dialogue back and forth and got to, you know, meeting this morning on a Saturday at 8 a.m. Um, at Gather, by the way, the shared workspace that I didn't have last year uh, that I pay a membership for. And I'm now in the podcast studio, conveniently enough, after we got done meeting, you know, moved from one um, uh, conference room to the uh, podcast studio and recording this episode. It's, it's just really resourceful another opportunity that, that, I, that I took advantage of to, to be um, at anywho, we had the whole dialogue back and forth, you know, to, to get this meeting and the whole time frame during that time frame, so many things started shifting within myself, a new sense of inner peace, a new sense, you know, uh, and, and, and again, like there was no guarantee of anything. Um, like all it was, was that text, which was, something right because i didn't think he was gonna even respond but not only did he respond like thanks but i'm not interested or whatever he responded with i'm interested you know let's i would love to dis i would love to dis i mean there's you know you really look at these words there's some key things man like i read into things i'm intuitive like i said and while that sounded super positive, there was no guarantee that after we met this morning, there's no guarantee that he was going to even show up this morning. Maybe he'd get cold feet or change his mind or whatever. Just like when you schedule someone for an interview, you don't know if they're going to show up. Right. And half the times they don't in, in this industry, unfortunately. But so there's no, just because he sent that text, there's no guarantee that he was going to even show up this morning. And there was no guarantee that if he did show up and we had our discussion that he was going to end up working for me again. But I had the, um, the feeling that, that that's what was going to happen. But I still told myself that, man, even, you know, like probably like in the, in, in the next day or hours after or whatever, as all these things are shifting inside of me and I started thinking differently and all these not just with him, but like all these other past things that I was holding on to that didn't even have anything to do with with this specific situation, whether it was work, whether it was family, whatever, like all these, you know, things that I, I was struggling with and having a tough time getting over and whatever, like all of a sudden, none of it mattered anymore. It was like, man, why am I holding on to the past? Why am I not? I keep telling myself and keep 
aligning myself with folks that keep telling me and, and, and the listeners about being in the present moment right now, this second that I'm talking to you guys on this podcast is the only thing that's real. The only thing that matters yet, you know, a minute ago is gone. It doesn't exist anymore. A minute from now hasn't even happened yet. So it doesn't exist. Only what only exists is right now. So why even worry about the past and the future? Why? Obviously you want to have the best future. So you want to play, make goals and plan to achieve them. Of course, but the best way to achieve, to have the best future is to have the best present. So make critical decisions, do things in the moment, in the present, focus on that. That's all that matters. You're going to make mistakes. That's going to suck. Okay, move on. What can I do to fix that? Or what can I do to improve on that or, or avoid that from happening again? You know, how, okay, this was great. What a great thing that this happened. How can I build on that? Like that. That's all that matters is everything that you do now in this very second. And if you just keep killing yourself and beating yourself down and filling yourself full of negativity and holding on to the past, that's going to give you an awful future. It's going to give you a future that you don't want because you're focusing every minute. You're creating this awful present moment every minute of every day that's building this awful future that you're trying to avoid. And you're just, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So I say all that to say that this, this experience, me getting, get, getting over myself and texting him, which most probably, most people probably wouldn't do. And you might even think to yourself, what in the world? Why did you do that? Or I would have never done that or whatever. Like this guy just left you high and dry. Like screw that man, you know, like screw him. Like, okay, well guess what? Screw me because I'm the one that's suffering. And he was too, actually, you know, after we talked for about an hour, we had a great talk and it was, it it was like old times, man. And I'm so excited that he's coming back and that wouldn't have happened if I didn't just suck it up and get over myself get over my own pride, my own ego and make shit happen and text him the right things at the right time and make it happen so that I can have a better future and live in the moment and make better decisions in the moment. So I'm, I'm not holding on to the past. I'm not messing around with that crap anymore. I don't care about that stuff that happened because there's nothing I can do about it. I just don't, I don't want to repeat that stuff obviously, but I'm not going to hold on to this anymore. So ultimately this experience, not like right now, but like after that text and we started having some conversation back and forth, all that became so real for me that what I just said to the point where I said to myself, you know, it seems like, like, like it's going to, it's going to go well. And he, and can you imagine if he, if he comes back and, and does start working for me again, gosh, it's going to be a freaking game changer game changer. But if he doesn't, guess what? The game has already changed, bruh. The game has already changed because I've already decided to stop messing around with the past and focus and not care about the future because it's not even here. I need to focus on the here and now what is here and what is real and what is happening. That is what matters because tomorrow and the next minute from now isn't guaranteed. I just did a podcast with Paul the other day in the middle of a tornado warning. I could have died literally on the podcast and we prayed on the podcast or it wasn't recorded, but we, we prayed off air together so that I would be safe. You know, it was crazy, but what else was I going to do? Like I was in an interior building. The podcast studios is, is in the center of the building. So that's where you're supposed to be anyway. And, and you're in, in a tornado warning. you don't want to be in a vehicle or anything. So I don't want to be driving around. I needed to find safety. So I came to the podcast studio. I already had plans to, to be here. I already scheduled the time out and had time for to be with Paul. So I just went with it. But my point is nothing is guaranteed. That could have been the last time I ever spoke again. If a tornado ripped through here and what was it? Four years ago, a tornado did rip through a, another part of town and destroyed a building and put us on national news because it killed someone. Those of you that may or may not remember that. So it's very real. It could happen. You never know. So why, why waste your time laboring over the past and, and, and when the future is not 
guaranteed focus on the here and now, the present. So all of that, like I said, came to fruition or whatever, came, came to the forefront after that initial response text back from this employee. And I, it just all came, became so clear to me and I became so thankful. I had so much gratitude for that because even, like I said, even uh, like I started to say anyway, it seems like he's going to come back. And if he does what a game changer, but even if he doesn't for some random reason, if it just doesn't go well, uh, I'll probably still get closure, which will be good. And even if not that, like I said, even if he just changes his mind, doesn't show up, whatever, that would suck. But I already have this new mindset, this this newer way of thinking. Stuff has already changed internally and in the background for me to start taking. You know, I've already reached a checkpoint. Basically, was is the point? Like that made that was my checkpoint right there. So from here on, I can't go backwards. I can only go forwards, right? I can, if I have to restart, it's going to be back at that same checkpoint of that way of thinking. And man, am I grateful for that? Because now I can move forward through the rest of the stage. So, but the best case scenario is he did show up. He did come. We had a great hour long conversation. He gave me all the closure I needed. He apologized for the way that he handled it. It was not mature of him. He has been had, you know, it had been weighing on him for quite some time. And it's not even like he had another job. He was just doing all these random odd odds and ends side stuff, still doing his detailing on the side, but that wasn't really, you know, taken off. So really he needed the work that just tells you how messed up something must have been for him to have left in those circumstances for him to go from a good paying job that he enjoyed at one point anyway, to no paying job and going back to what he was doing before I hired him, which was just, you know, going from one thing to the next, you know, finding jobs here and there, odd jobs, side jobs, you know, day labor type things. And that hurt my heart because I did that. I did that. Yes, he's the one that made that decision, but he made that decision because of my lack of leadership, my lack of management, being the owner of the business. So he spelled it out for me what happened. And it, it's basically all my fault. Again, he's responsible for his actions, but I need to be responsible for my actions. And again, my intuitive suspicions were correct. So basically everything that I texted, those key things, those key factors, employee uh, that I let go, pay, and um, part-time, full-time, you know, hours basically, were all things that, that I was doing wrong that, or, and or neglected or whatever. And it was too much for him to bear anymore. But instead of talking to me about it, like he said, he apologized and he handled it improperly and going forward, he's going to make sure he brings anything to my attention. Not that he foresees anything uh, anymore, but he will make sure he does a better job at bringing it to my attention and discussing it. Uh, you know, I think because of our hour long conversation, we kind of crossed that bridge now where he feels more comfortable to do that because I forgave him and I'm having by having this conversation with him and not holding any grudges and giving him another opportunity. I think that kind of helped push him to that next level of maturity too, and not being afraid to tell me things and, and just being vocal and, and not waiting till it gets to that point. Oh boy. So like I said, I want to make this a two part episode. I'm going to dive into exactly what that closure was what he told me and what I did wrong as a business owner so that, and, and how all of my suspicions were confirmed so that hopefully you guys can avoid these pitfalls because man, those of you that know, I, I was struggling, struggling. I was killing it until he left. I mean, I thought I was killing it anyway, right? Cause clear, clearly I killed um, his will to want to work for me anymore. But I mean, from a business standpoint, I was growing consistently, 
you know, getting ready to, to start looking for a second crew and things exploded even more after he left. Unfortunate timing there because everything that I said in the, earlier in this episode with COVID and everyone wanting to really get some work. So I was getting all this work, but couldn't find any good employees to, to have a strong enough team because he left. Um, and I probably still would have had the same struggles finding additional people, but at least I would have had him um, and the other employee they let go, you know, long after that. But um, if, you know, everything worked out well with that, you know, at least I would have had them and we could have, I could have still had a good solid crew. We could have gotten a lot of work done without all the stress that I had to deal with the entire summer. So I talked about it on my podcast, talked about it off air in person with so many people. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have had similar stories as me. It's, it's been a rough year from the fact that there's a huge amount of demand for our, our work in our industry and very little supply in people to get the work done. And now there's all this inflation going on with costs for all the products and um, all the products that, that we that we need to use in our business, whether it be fertilizer, grass seed, um, equipment costs have gone up, um, gas prices are always all over the place, but they're as high as I think they've ever been ever in in the history of our our country. So that's a whole other topic for another day that I'm not even going to get into because that's whatever. Everyone says all kinds of whack, whack stuff about that. Like I'm not even going to go down that road. Like every president screws up gas prices. That's all I'm going to say. Like every president wants to be liked by everyone and every president tries to uh, um, adjust gas prices, but they're not the sole controllers of the gas prices but obviously they do have an impact. So I get it. That That's all I'm going to say. I, I, I look at, I look at everything from both sides. It's a gift and a curse, but let's not be stupid and, and naive about things. Do your research, know what the hell you're complaining about spewing all over social media. At the end of the day, I can't control the gas prices any more than you can. So let's just adjust and pivot. It is what it is, right? So increase your prices like I did and we should do every year anyway, but I, also increase them again this year. And so anyway, that has also increased, right? So, you know, we, uh, huge because of supply and demand for that too. So I, I couldn't find people. It was tough. It was a struggle. It was everyone I think was going through this. It's just one of those things, lots of opportunities to get a lot of work done, grow your company, but you don't, you can't find enough people to do it. So that's been the challenge. All right, guys, I'm going to, to sign off of this episode. Got a little little intense, a little emotional there towards the end. I've got a lot of stuff going on, man, behind the scenes. Um, like, not like a lot of stuff, like a lot of, you know, work or whatever. Just a lot of, like, internal stuff. A lot of emotional things. A lot of just really focusing on what matters and making sure that I'm getting after it in the right way and just trying to get through this state, trying to clear this stage, man, so I can get to the next level. So it's all about life, focusing on today so I can have a better tomorrow. I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for the Toro Company sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast, and I will catch you guys on the next one. This is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.